that was the wall separated between where the Goyim could come into the base of Migdosh and how far in they could go, where the Yidin could go. So the base of Migdosh Goyim were allowed to bring Korbonus, allowed to come Davin. But there was a Soyrek that said Goyim were only come up to this point, a Yid could go in further in, depending if he was a Koyim or a Yisrael. I'll call upon him. The Yavonim, when they came, did not appreciate that the uh, Yidin put up this wall that seemed to say that there's a difference between the Jews and the Goyim. So they made 13 pirzois in that wall. So Chazal were misakin. The, the, they came back, they were misakin the pirzois. So Chazal were misakin 13 ishtachavoyas connected those pirzois. So the Poshit Pshad is that... Uh, it was a Hoidot HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we were able to be Miskaber and fix the Pirzais and win the war. But the Bagdal Yeshur wants to say that, uh, no, there's a Tifer Pshat in the Hishtach And he says that the Yisraelit Borim is that these 13 Hishtach correspond to the Yud Gilumida Shel And we know that Chazal tell us that a person should be like HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Mahu Rachum, Afato Rachum, Mahu Chanun, Afato Chanun. Don't say the time of the is built on how a person can accomplish imitating, so to say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu in his Hanhoga of the Yud Gimel That's the Pshat. We say, Zekeli V'anvei. This is my my Kale. V'anveihu, Chazal Darshan, means V'anivahu. That there is a synthesis, so to say. Kaddish Baruch Hu and Klal Yisrael is Ani I can say Mamish, me and God. We can, we have like a, a partnership, so to say. And we, where Mamish can be like one, I can identify myself with the Rabbi Shalom by being uh, somebody who follows the Midas. So the Shtachavoyis was so like to submit yourself to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. I'm bowing down, so to say, I'm, I'm giving myself over, vatal myself to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. It's also the Anveyu means uh, I will build in the base of Migdosh. Right from Bloshin Nevei, built in the base of Migdash, and uh, the Nefesh Achaim teaches that every Yid beetsim is a base of Migdash. So your your heart is the Kodesh Hakadoshim. So again, person has within his heart the Shechina, so to say, is he has a Mishkan in his heart that if he realizes the Kedusha that lies within him, Imam Mishnah, the Kedusha, the base of Migdash, the real mocha for that Kedusha, is the lave of every yid. So the Yavonim didn't appreciate that we had this attitude that we can be on our level, and we can be like the base of Migdash, and they tried to be Mavatlbat, and uh, they weren't... Uh, Fortunately, they were not successful, but that was the Mulchom of the Hashmanoyim to, to continue that, that being Doimet HaKadosh Baruch I think, I just want to mention this Bekitzer, I said this last week in Shul very briefly, that um, the, the, um, it says the brothers went to Shechem, Leroy says Tzoynam, right? So, um, on top of the word S, there are two dots. So Rashi says they went Leroy's as Atzman, not the sheep. They went to graze themselves. It was the pshat. They went to graze themselves. That they went to Shechem. Now Shechem, from Chevron to Shechem, is a very long distance. If you just go to graze your sheep, it's something like seventy-five kilometers. So 
The pshat is they, 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 we're not going for their sheep, they're going for themselves. So the shayla is, if you want to go and just get, go on vacation, so if you're near Shechem, you can go someplace else. Most of the game to Shechem. Sterit says that Shechem was where they stood up for their sister, for Dina. And what did they say? Our sister can't be treated like a Zoyna. What's the problem with a Zoyna? She's totally chitzonious. The Zoyna is everything in her is, everything is devoted to the chitzonious, to the physical. A yid, that's not what it's all about. It's not all about the physical. It's all about the panemius. It's about the inner person. And they felt that Yosef was threatening their inner selves. They felt that they're going to be slaves. He's dreaming that we're bowing down to him. A slave is also what you can get out of his physical. Well, what you can use him for. You know, how much can you use a slave? How much physical talent can you take from him? We're going to be slaves. We have a panemius. We have a neshama. We're, 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 we're hidden. And so they went there to be mechazing themselves in that place where they stood up for that panemius. That's really the battle between the Yidden and the Yivonim. The Yivonim, it was all about the physical. It was about uh, building up their bodies. And by the Yidden, it's about building up the Neshama. And therefore, the, the, that chilik is the same chilik that the, the Soyrek represented, that we can be Doime Kodesh Borchu. And the Yivonim said, no, you're regular people. We don't want to have, we don't want that chilik. And so this Koyach is in every Yid, that every Yid has within himself this ability to pick himself up to a level of the Hoibinkite that he can feel, I can be doimit to the Shechina, I can be a Mikdash Ma'at, that's who I am. But um, not every year has that Hanhan, that, that, that Hasoka, not every year has that Hargosha. So, Chdushia um, Rim says a beautiful Machshav, he says that, Mora says that Shmonim that are not kosher, that are Psulim for Hadlokas Neirus and Shabbos, the chilik is because on Shabbos you can be nana from the candles. Therefore, since you can be nana from the candles, if your wick is going to have, a, it's going to hold on to the flame, shvachal, and the shem is not going to go into the psila properly, you'll have a shvachal light, you'll be nana from it, you'll come to adjust it, and you'll have all sorts of shas, the chil Shabbos. Chanukah and Eris Halukai the shame, you can't be mishtamish with them. They baze, it doesn't matter if you have a shvachal flame, and therefore you can use them. But he wants the taina, the tifra of Shabbos. He says, Shmonim upsilois, that, um, he says that the lotion of Shemen and Meir and Psila, the Roshe Tevis, Nun, Pei, and Shin, Meir, Psila, and Shemen is Nefesh. Nefesh represents the person. He says, Shemonim Psila, Shein Madlikim and Beshabbos, Azan Nefesh. That Shabbos somehow doesn't ignite him. He doesn't, he doesn't pick up the Kedusha on Shabbos, but on Hanukkah, they're madlikin ben. Somehow there's a koyach in Hanukkah that that same person can be ignited with the with the with the nair of, Shab, of, of Hanukkah, and that's because there's something special about the the nairus in Hanukkah that the grada. It's not necessarily uh, you know valid, but the embassy is like this. They did a survey. The survey goes back a very long time ago. It could be today that numbers may not be that much different. They did a survey of first, second, and third generation Jews. What mitzvahs they do. 
And so they asked him, like, uh, how many uh, light Shabbos candles? So the you know the first generation you had like fifty percent, then the second generation thirty seven percent, got to the third generation was maybe seventeen percent, and all of these things how many people keep kosher and they went all and went down from the you know the first generation Jews to the third generation everything went down. One thing that everything went up like to seventy percent was Hanukkah candles. Right, so Pashtas. Here also we have survey the associates. Yeah. Right? Yeah. A lot of time in back and Hanukkah. Was the most yeah. So the Pashtun is it's the way of dealing with the, the Christmas exactly. But the mice, uh, that's what you find. That mo- they put the presents underneath the Hanukkah bush. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll call There's such a Muslim that, that, that that's what he said. The Shemonim of Silas <coughs> not so. I just heard a mice that um, I heard it over from Y.Y. Jacobson. So he tells over, there was uh, from uh, Chabad Shliach in, uh, in some valley in California. I forgot the name of the valley. But there was a, a, a fellow moved in near him, a fellow with a single guy with a nine-year-old daughter moved in. And he welcomes him and he invites him for Shabbos. And the guy Grata was uh, the, the, the choir leader of the Reform Synagogue Choir. So he, he knew some of the Shabbos Nigunim, so he enjoyed himself, and he started to become this Karev, and slowly but surely he was Makarev into Yiddishkeit. So um, one day he's giving a class, and this guy comes to the class, giving a class on suffering. And he sees after he finishes the class, the guy is sitting there crying. So he sits and he talks to him, and he tells him, let me tell you uh, my, my, my background. I see, I was married. <coughs> we had three children. And he says, one day, two of my children, two could be, they were young girls, they were in a car accident, they were both killed. And I was, I couldn't get over it. I was just totally broken from the mice. My wife couldn't get over it, and it, it, it put its strain on our marriage till eventually we got divorced. My wife took my daughter with her, and I was left by myself. And I just couldn't deal with it, and... and because I couldn't, I couldn't function, so I lost my job. My life was just in shambles. I finally decided, well, I can't deal with this anymore. Let me take my life. So I had in mind, he says, I'm going to take my daughter, I'll take her to the movies, and then after I give her a little bit of a nice time, I'll take her home to her mother, and then I'll go home and finish it off. So we went to the movies. He's telling this to this Chabad rabbi, Rabbi Brisky, I think his name was. So we went to the movies. I come into the movie theater, and what's there? Chabad has a big menorah, and they're giving out donuts and the whole, you know, and I walk in, and they see, here's a, there's a Yid, and they grab me into the circle. The next thing I know, I'm dancing with them around the circle, and they're singing, and it's Lebedic, and all of that. And as I'm dancing and looking at this menorah, a certain serenity came over me. And I thought to myself, maybe I should give life a second chance. And so, finally took my daughter to the movie, I took her home, and they didn't take my life. And, you know, eventually we decided to move here. So this Rabbi Brisky says to him, let me tell you something. You know who the rabbi was who grabbed you into the circle that night? Shows him pictures from that night. He says, that was me. I want to tell you something. 
we, um, every year, Hanukkah, in Chabad, we try to make this, you know, Hanukkah menorah lighting. We go to different malls. And so we decided this, we'll do it in the Simi Valley Mall. She says, I called up the the headquarters, whatever it is, and I asked the lady, this is Rabbi Nebrisky from Chabad Lubavitch, would it be okay if we lit a menorah in your mall? She says, are you sure you want to do it here? I said, yeah. He said, are you really sure you want to, you want to light the menorah here in our mall? Says, I'm positive. Says, okay, you got it. Anyway, we get to the mall, and we discover that the mall was closed. All the stores were closed. There was, they were closing down the mall. The mall was being demolished. And right now, all the stores were gone. And the only thing still open was the movie theater. And so this was a disaster. It was a total failure, right? We come here with everything, with our menorahs and with our latkes and with our donuts, and the place is dead. Nobody's there. But we said, okay, we're here. We'll do our thing. And you walked in. We grabbed you into the circle. And so that was, I came home. I told my wife, tonight was a total flop. And here you are. Wasn't a flop. Right? And so uh, this guy became from his daughter, the nine-year-old, got married. She had twin girls. So he said, Shem gave me back the two girls. He gave me back my Yiddish guy and he gave me my wife. So you sometimes see that the Koyach of Hanukkah, even when a person's on the Shvala Madregos, there's a Koyach that uh, it can do wonderful things. And that's what they say, you know, um, I think the Ojerova says, Hanukkah is unique. All the Yom and Toivim we have are in the beginning or the middle of the month when the Levana is Bimiloi. Hanukkah is at the end of a month when the Levana is the smallest. It's the end of a day when it's dark, right? And you light the menorah lower than ten tefachma, ikaradin. It's always like, you know, you would think it's in the worst of matzavim. And yet it can bring to the greatest things. So there was a Maisa, there was a teacher came, a Mechanechas, I guess, who came to one of the girls' schools. I don't know if it was American or it's And She was supposed to test the classes. So she comes to a certain class, I guess it was younger kids, and she asked them, who knows where the best place to light the menorah is? <clears throat> Nobody in the class gave her an answer. There was one girl who she had been warned before doesn't know anything, and she should go easy on her, and she's the class neb. And for various reasons, she has her peckle, and she just doesn't know anything. And of all the girls, she's the one who raises her hand, and she says, actually, uh, you can light the menorah as long as it's above three tfachim from the ground, but preferably it should be a little lower than ten tfachim above the ground. Right? And so everyone's blown away, like this girl of all the girls, like the class dummy, right, who knows nothing, she knows that, that, that nobody else knew. So after school, this teacher, after the class, she goes over to this girl and she says, how did you know that? That was so beautiful, that's so gefaltic, that you were the only one able to answer the question. She says, I'll tell you the truth. One day they suspended me, and they sent me home. My teacher felt bad for me, before I went, she came to me and she said, listen, I want you to know that the Hanukkah Menorah is lit three tfachim above the ground but lower than ten tfachim to show that even no matter how low you can sink, but you can still light a fire and still be worth something. 
says, I always remember that. That message always resonated within me. So the Mechaneches was so blown away. She had a son who was home, but was like skirting with going off the derech, that she couldn't, she had a very hard time communicating. She came home and she told him this word. And that word resonated with him, and he started to turn it around. And he started to come back to the derech. So you never know. It's a moir dikazach that um, this is uh, the 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 svas emes I think brings down also from the chedusha harim and the brings it down that the pach sheman that they found represents that that spark just like there was one pach sheman that wasn't lost there's a spark in every yid that never can be extinguished that's what we say mogin avram and shmona esrei mogin avram is Hashem will protect that spark that comes from Avraham Avinu that can't be extinguished. And that was that the <coughs> Pach Shemen that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had found. So you have to realize there's a, in every Yid there's an element of Gutzkeit, an element of greatness that, that can never be extinguished. So there's a, another Machshov we saw from the Svasemis in the beginning of this week's Parsha. It's a fascinating thing. He says, the Parsha begins with Paro's dream. So it says and it describes his dream. So the, the 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 cows come out of the water. So they stood next to the poros. The dream says. The skinny cows ate the fat cows, and Paro woke up. Okay? Goes back to sleep. He has a dream about the Shibola. When he tells over the dream to Yosef, he doesn't tell over the dream like the Torah says the dream. He tells to Paro that, um, Paro tells Yosef, you couldn't tell that they entered into them. So Paro adds this piece, you couldn't tell that the skinny cow swallowed the fat cows, right? But when the Torah tells the dream, it doesn't say that. It just says they swallowed it, right? He says, the Pshat is like this. Paro doesn't see anything good. He just sees the negative. They swallowed them, you couldn't tell a thing. In the Torah version, the way Yosef understands it, the pshat is, when they swallowed those cows, that represented that they had now what they needed to keep going, right? It represented that if you save the seven good years for the bad years, you'll have what to support yourself in the seven bad years, right? So it's like you have uh, you have money set aside for the bad years. That's what the, sto- the dream was saying. You, have, you had good cows, they're, they're, they're good cows. You, the bad years swallow the good cows because the bad years need the good cows to keep alive. That's what the Torah meant. But Paro doesn't see the good in that. Paro just says, you couldn't even tell they were swallowed. There's no, he doesn't see any positive, right? The chilek between Yosef and Paro, between a Yid and a Goy, is a Goy just sees it's all bad. A Yid, if an Emmas, has to always see the good in everything. You have to see there's a positive. That ate a chinami. They were skinny cows. They swallowed the fat cows. They didn't necessarily become fat, 
but the good that they swallowed was going to keep them alive for the next seven years. That's what that's what that's what you see in it. The same thing. The 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 they tried to say to the Yidden, You're totally finished. You have no chelik l'chayisrael. It's pitch dark. Yovan is choishech. Right? That's what they wanted the Yidden to believe. And Klal Yisrael was able, at least the Hashemun, we were able to see, no, it's not, we have a chilek, and a Kodesh Baruch Hu's not abandoning us, and we're going to fight for him, and he's going to be there, and we can, we can find the light, we can find that which is good. And that's the, the message of Hanukkah, that you can see in the Shvala Madregas, in every matzah, you can see the order, you can see the light. And that's the, <coughs> they told you over the board that um, it says in the Gemara that Rav Meir, uh, was married to Bruria. Bruria was the wife of Rav Meir, and she was the daughter of Chanina ben Tradia. Chanina ben Tradia was one of the Asura Ruge Malchus. Now, Bruria had a sister that was thrown by the Romans into a Kubishal Zoinis. So, Bruria's sister, Rav Meir, you know, my sister's in a Kubishal Zoinis, it's not very good for her to be there. Right, you know, there's, there's better seminaries out there, right? And so, so she she asked Rameyer to get his sister out of the Kubishal Zoyt. So Rameyer dresses up like a Roman patron, and he says, uh, you know, can I have uh, this and this lady? So the guy comes back, he says, she says that she's sick today. So Rameyer hop that she's... She's trying to protect herself. She's a tznuah, and she's not, she's not compromising herself. So he says he really has to get her out of there. So he says to the guard, I'd like to buy her out. He says, I can't do that. You know, if they find that I'm selling people out, they'll kill me. So he says, I want to show you something. You see that dog you had? You got a Rottweiler protecting the uh, harem. Have the dog attack me. So the guy says to the dog, you know, Fluffy, attack. And so the dog charges Rameyer, and Rameyer says, Elokod, Rameyer, Aneni, and the dog like freezes in the spot. The guy says, wow, that's amazing. He says, listen, if they catch you, all you got to say is, Elokod, Rameyer, Aneni, and they can't hurt you. The Kachav, he, he, he releases the, 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 the sister-in-law, and they catch him. And they try to hang him, and he says, and everything falls apart, and they're blown away, and they have pictures of Rameyer all over the place. Gavaldik. Freik the Marsha, Freik the Marsha Kasha, how does Rameyer say, someone who's still alive, right? Even by Yitzchak, it was only because he was blind. It was Epis by Rameyer, he says, So Sok the Marsha, it doesn't mean Rav Meir. El Kod Meir means the God that was Meir, the light of Hanukkah, should save me. That's what it means. As I state in the Marsha. El Kod Meir, the Eibishta, who was Meir, the lights of Hanukkah, should be there to save me. This is the, the oil of Hanukkah is, is always there. It's, it's always there to a person to use to recognize that within every single Yid, there's that uh, that 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 oir vakodesh borchu that is mayor that's always there, and the kodesh borchu wants to show us that he's always there. I saw a Misa that there was a, a Yid in Russia, 
And the story says his name was Alexander. It could be his name was Igor for all I know, but I'll call upon him. So he, you know, this is the days that the KGB was very active. You didn't have to sit there to do anything that had to do with Yiddishkeit. So he comes on Hanukkah and he goes to some secret place under the floor and he takes out his menorah and a couple of sedurim. And he puts them on the table and they're going to light the menorah. All of a sudden, there's banging on the door. They know this is the KGB. And the guy is tittering. You know, there's no choice. He opens the door. Four guys come barging in. And they start ripping the place apart. And the menorah is sitting right there on the table. They don't, they don't notice it. And they're pulling things out, throwing things on the table, they're taking everything off the shelf looking under the floor, the table is piled with whatever they found, and they didn't find anything that was super, you know, suspicious. Meantime, they covered the menorah, they covered everything. And they leave. This guy heaves a sigh of relief. His wife and him are like sitting there frozen for a while. Finally, they pull themselves together. They clean up the house. They're ready to light the menorah. Bangs at the door again. Oh, no. Open the door. There's the same... One of the Russian guys, the leader of the group, comes in. And he, they close the door and he says, don't worry. I came with these guys. And I saw that they didn't see the menorah. The menorah was right there and they didn't see it. Obviously, Hashem was watching him. Just, I remember I was a little boy and my father lit the menorah. And I, when I saw that they didn't notice the menorah, brought back my memories. I want to be here when you light the menorah. Don't worry. I'm not going to tell anybody. Right? So he lit the menorah, and this guy went back to Yiddishkeit, and he was able to light the menorah. And everybody lived happily ever after. Right? That's the, the mice that happened over there. So, um, the, what? We're still in the Soviet Union. Then. What? The KGB town. Hold on, happily ever. Okay, I, I don't think they lived happily ever after. They still live in... But, um, you know, it's... Uh, the Yisoyed Vorim is that the, you, you see that the Oyeru Hanukkah is there within every person. And, and we just have to, you have to recognize that within each person there's this Koyach, this Kedusha, that doesn't get extinguished no matter where we are. Whatever we feel uh, has happened to us. Hanukkah is a zman that um, we can come to that recognition that um, I think they say a word, if I remember it properly, that um, when Tomor was taken, so... It says, um, It was after three months. It says three months after, after Yom Kippur. And three months after Yom Kippur comes out to be Hanukkah. Okay? So it was told to Yehuda. Yehuda represents here in the Pesach, in the Drosha, HaKadosh Baruch there's Yud Kei Vav right? The, so, Klal Yisrael is Doime Tomer, right? Right? So, Zon Sotom Kalosecha, your nation is strayed from the 
from from Taylor. The Gamhara was Nunin, it also Mambashi. She absorbed within herself all of the the wor- the, the worst things, right? So right? So he mutzeis mishalchel chamel leimor. So she says back to Gadish Baruch Hu, leisha sheelu leonoichi chora, v'toymelo hakerno achosemes v'absilu v'amata elu. Klayisol says recognize the chosemes, the the chosem of the kohen gadol that's on the flask of hapsilu. Look at the wicks, and the mata is the same gematria as neir. The same, I think, not not, not as as. Uh, as Kaylee, as the Kaylee that holds the wine. So look who look at what we're doing. We're lighting the licht of Hanukkah. Hakerna, right? So Bayaka um, Yehuda. So Kodesh Baruch Hu recognizes her yom and she said, "Tzadkimah." They're right. Kakein loyne sanita l'sheila bani, because sheila represents at kiyovoi shiloi loyik asam until Mashiach comes. He says, "Mashiach, you're right. I didn't bring Mashiach yet. They're in Golos, and I understand. So even if Hanukkah comes." And we've strayed from Yom Kippur, we've strayed from the Koyach of Torah. Nevertheless, Kodesh Baruch Hu recognizes that the Chalamaisis were lighting Hanukkah candles. We're saying, no matter how dark it is, maybe we've sunk a little bit, but there's that spark within us that we can still ignite, and we still want to come back to you, we still want to be your people. That Kodesh Baruch Hu says, in the right? They're tzaddikim. They have a chalik of me. And we're stuck in Golas, I have a Mashiach, therefore, Bashkorchus Moichalas. We should be Zaycha to the light of Hanukkah.